0: You're listening to The School Success Formula with me, Lucy Parsons. Welcome to today's show. Today I've got a guest for you, David Rendell, who is here to talk about five things successful students do in A-level geography. And David is a very experienced geography teacher and he's also a teacher of geography teachers so he knows a bit about how to get this subject across to people. David is also teaching the How to Revise A-Level Geography Masterclass in the Extraordinarys Club on Thursday the 18th of November at 7pm. And this is adding to the suite of masterclasses that we have in the club, all of which focus on the skills that you need to succeed in each subject. So, what can you expect from the How to Revise A-Level Geography Masterclass? Well, in the masterclass, you'll discover a useful revision prioritisation technique so that you focus on the areas which will earn you the most marks, how to cut down the volume of case study detail, making it easier to remember, handy techniques to make case studies more memorable and meaningful, where to find more information about your topics so that you can demonstrate depth of knowledge, Quick essay planning techniques, examples of excellent geography writing to emulate, common mistakes examiners see and how to avoid them, and exam skills so that you answer the questions in front of you in the time you have available. If you'd like to book on this masterclass, you'll find the link in today's show notes, which are at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash geography A-level. So that's lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash geography A-level. And you'll find the link to book on the How to Revise A-level Geography Masterclass in there. So today's interview is really a taster of what you can expect, the kind of advice that you might expect from the How to Revise A-Level Geography Masterclass. And we cover five things that successful A-Level Geography students do. Let's go over to the conversation with David right now. the school success formula, David Rendell. Hello. Hello, it's lovely to have you here, David. Um, Could you first of all introduce yourself for the listeners so they know all about your career in geography?
1: Okay, Um, thank you. Uh, I was a geography teacher um, in a secondary school for 25 years, Um, no, sorry, Yes, about 25 years, uh, during which time I was head of geography and um, head of the humanities faculty, but uh, having retired from full time school teaching, I um, uh, have been teaching future geography teachers uh, at university uh, and also um, helping geography departments in schools to improve their, uh, their, their delivery. Uh, I've also been uh, an A-level examiner for both OCR and the Edexcel boards.
0: Fantastic. And I've been an A-level examiner for geography for AQA, so we kind of round it off. Don't
1: we? There you go. We've got uncovered. covered. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. OK, well, today you're going to share with us five things that successful students do in A-level geography. So we're going to make a start. And the first one you've told me is good time management in exams. So tell me a little bit more about that, David.
1: Yeah, so so clearly to, to uh, really do yourself justice in, in under exam conditions, you don't want to run out of time. Or to put it another way, those students who do, do well uh, use their time wisely. And um, how do they do that? Well. Um, Practising ex- exam questions throughout the year under timed conditions um, not only helps to uh, uh, develop a, a concise ri- uh, and uh, writing style, a concise and accurate writing style, but also develops writing stamina. You know, you'll remember what it's like, you know, at the end of a, an exam, how, how your hand aches from writing so hard, okay? Well, that's what we want, okay? <laughs> um, another suggestion here that, that uh, a number of uh, students do, and it can be very helpful, is to um, work out the number of marks per minute um, the particular paper uh, offers. Okay, that's a simple bit of arithmetic, and it um, um, enables you to work out the time allocation for certain tariff questions. You know, uh, for a two-mark question, you, you 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 want three minutes or whatever, and for a twelve-mark question, you want fifteen minutes. Okay, and um, having doing that beforehand can actually um, help you to to manage your time in the exam you know
0: definitely I remember having my watch on the desk I don't know if this is allowed anymore actually but having my watch on the desk and just being very clear about when it was time to move on to the next question and-
1: absolutely and if you haven't quite finished that question don't be tempted to carry on writing you know leave a bit of a space and come back to it yeah definitely. um yeah sure sure good and also um, trying not to spend too much time on the low tariff questions, which really sort of relates to my previous point, but this is, um, this is reflected in the examiner's comments that um, uh, the more successful candidates, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't waste a lot of time uh, on the low tariff questions. They, you know, they, they, they get through those in the appropriate amount of time. And uh, a related point you might consider Doing the essays first.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I often found as well that the low tariff questions actually took less time than they needed. Um, and so you, you can actually, well, you have to practice this and see what works for you, don't you? But sometimes if you're finding that the low tariff questions take less time, you know you you can make yourself a bit of time can't you for the longer questions?
1: yeah get ahead of the game yeah and if you know your stuff you can quite often whiz through the low tariff questions quite quickly can't you yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that that's my uh that that's good practice for time management in it in exams in yeah, a nutshell
0: all really important stuff and it's not just applicable to geography, that stuff that you've shared there either, is it? It's applicable across the board, really. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully there's some people listening who aren't just geographers. <laughs> that are studying mm. other subjects as well. OK, the second point you've told me is that successful A-level geography students write quality essays in their exams. So how do they go about doing that?
1: Mm, yeah. OK, well... Um... The key thing is, is to understand the commands from the examiner uh, and to be really, really clear uh, as to what evaluate, justify, to what extent do you agree, assess the relative importance of what those commands mean, okay? Um, and um, to help one sort of think about um uh, how to how to uh, interpret those commands and, and to do very very quick essay plans as a as a revision exercise. I, I refer to this uh, a little bit in a little bit more detail in the masterclass that I'm uh, I'm due to do. But you can um, uh, do very quick essay plans. Um, you know, essentially, just write the essay title, have a uh, create a two column table and just jot down the points for one side of the argument on one side of the table, and then the points for the other side of the argument on the the other side of the table, and then move on. You can get through quite a few essay titles in a fairly short period of time just just doing that quick planning exercise to get you used to uh, how those commands work and uh, making, making judgments.
0: Definitely, I think tables are so useful, aren't they, in organising your thinking? Um, you, you know,
1: yeah,
0: in essays, but also in shorter questions, like if mm. they say, um, describe and explain three reasons or something, you can use a table to work out your answer, or even give your answer in a table to a question like that, can't you? Indeed,
1: indeed, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. those are underrated.
1: <laughs> indeed, yeah. Um, um, appropriate use of, uh, case study material in, in essays, um, picking out, cherry picking the bits of the, uh, the case study knowledge that you've got to support your argument. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bash down everything you've learned on a particular case study. And yeah. a good candidate realizes that they, they're very selective in the, in the, uh, uh little bits of case study knowledge they use to support their argument that's very important definitely it's all about the argument
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then obviously practice planning and writing essays using the mark schemes get feedback from your teachers and this this uh, technique is covered in the power hour isn't it yeah and
0: i'll link to the blog post for the revision power hour that we've got freely available on the website and there's also um more in-depth resources about the power hour in the extraordinaries club so and we'll mention it as well in the master class won't we because yes we will everybody needs to know about the power hour
1: <laughs> indeed indeed and then the other great resource that you can find online uh, it, uh, are the examiner's commentaries on uh, candidate's answers. I I will relate to um, some of that material in the masterclass to to really get into the mindset of the examiner and understand where marks are earned and where marks are lost.
0: Yeah, in one of our previous masterclasses, it was the A-level RS masterclass, Religious Studies. Um, The... um, it, Chris, Chris Ayr, uh, who delivered that, he said how important it was to make the examiner's life easy. And, you know, reading your slides for the Geography Masterclass, you know, a lot of them sound a bit like exasperated examiners. It's just, <laughs> you know, you're making my life difficult trying to understand what you're doing, or, you know, you're making it hard for me to give you the marks. So, actually, just looking at the examiner's reports, you can see what's going wrong for the examiners. Because the students aren't delivering, and once you know that, you can put it right. Really, can't mm, you? Mm.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think I've, I think I've covered the the main points on exam essay writing. Um, good practice. So yeah.
0: So you mentioned case studies in there. Um, I remember learning case studies when I was at school and trying to learn every stat and fact and figure (laughs) and really spending way too much time on that and actually been quite disappointed when I came out of the exam because I haven't been able to use all the information. So
1: frustrating isn't it and I've heard that from so many students they come out I learned all of that I couldn't use any of it.
0: Yeah so your next point is on about focusing on what's important in case studies rather than learning the whole entire thing so what can you tell us about that David?
1: Yeah, okay, so, so often the case study material in, in the book is, a, is in, the, in the standard textbook can be quite a daunting amount of material, as you say, lots of stats uh, and information to assimilate. Do you really need all that information? Are you going to use all that information to, uh, to um, uh, write a, a top grade answer? Well, the answer is no. Not really. Um, so my my advice, and I can't reiterate this enough, is is try to get the key points of the case study onto one side of A4, no more. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't write too small either. Okay, um, and um, again on the masterclass, I I offer some examples of templates that you might use, A4 templates that you might use just to get down the the key points required for um you know that you will really need to know on on the case studies um
0: yeah they're priceless things like that i've got some i did that uh, i created the GCSE geography masterclass in the club as well and i've created some for that after working with students and it really is so helpful to just give this finite amount of space for them to put in the information that they need to learn to have covered that case study, basically. It really concentrates the mind,
1: doesn't it? Absolutely. And then uh, the the other thing is, of course, you know, the case studies will cover places that you've never been to necessarily. Okay. And it can be quite hard to um, visualise what that environment is like. Okay. But we've got uh, the wonderful resource of Google Maps or Google Earth. Uh, on our on our computers. So you can figuratively fly to the exact location and then uh, have a look at it from above and then use um, Street View to actually go down and have a look at it at, um, at ground level as well. So that, that's a wonderful resource just to just to really get your, uh, yourself a little bit more familiar with the you know the location of the case study.
0: Yeah, it's a virtual field trip, isn't it?
1: A virtual field trip, for sure. I mean, Street View is fantastic for that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: I wish it had been around when I was doing my GCSE, because I remember um, learning case studies, and they were almost like fictional places in my head, because I'd never been there. I'd never really seen proper photographs of them. and But... Um, what well, the one that stands out in my mind is london docklands and the first time i visited that was while i was doing my degree and it was like wow this place actually really exists mm. <laughs> you know actually having it come to life for you it's yeah. amazing but with yeah. the technology we've got now we can all like visit virtually even if we can't get there in real life can't we for sure
1: yeah yeah and of course you can you can find uh photographic images of places uh, easily enough uh, with an online search as well. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are my thoughts on um, uh, trying to sort of distill the, the vast amount of case study information into something more meaningful and manageable.
0: Brilliant. So that's going to be so helpful for students. So um, the fourth point you've told me is about using exam resources wisely. So what do you mean by this, David?
1: Yeah. Uh, if, I, if I may, I'll just share an anecdote, a truthful anecdote from my experience. Um, many, many decades ago when I sat my, what was then O-level geography, um, we used to have a whole set of, we used to have a whole section of the paper on ordnance survey map skills. And um, I opened the uh, map resource and just couldn't believe my luck because it was a, an ordnance survey map of an area that I'd been on holiday to virtually every every year of my young young life and I knew the area like the back of my hand. Sometimes you get lucky, okay, <laughs> with the exam resources. Um, but um, okay, so the. Examiner, let's uh, work from the principle. The examiner is not interested in wasting ink. Okay. Everything the examiner puts on the paper um, is is meant to be useful to the to the students. Okay. So when when you see a command, study figure four, I would rephrase that, and I'd say, don't just sort of study it. Don't glance at it. Interrogate it. Yes. Okay. Try and get every last bit of information from it. Okay. Look, you know, if it's a map, look for the north arrow, look for the key, look for the scale, you know, interpret every single item on the key. Make sure that you um, actually properly read the title of the resource as well. It's all potentially useful. Yes. Okay. And it gets you thinking as well. And it's
0: it's amazing how many marks, even if you know nothing about the topic or the, the question or the area, how many marks you can get extract just from the resource that's in front of you, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And sometimes just by spending a moment to really, really interrogate the resource, it can get you thinking as well and maybe making connections that could help you answer the question. I think, well, why has the examiner put that bit of information on? What's that all about?
0: And um, People might be wondering, why do they do this? Why do they have stuff in exams that isn't stuff that you've learnt in lessons? And it's all about the application of knowledge, isn't right. it? Which yeah. is a higher order thinking skill. Um, mm. And actually the knowledge and the understanding and lower order thinking skills and that's why they put this stuff in here to see if you can think on your feet and use your geographical skills and understanding in a different context so it it's helpful for everybody really just to be able to go into the exam and think you know there's going to be something there that i can do something with mm. no matter how much revision i've done
1: mm. absolutely absolutely Yes, applying applying those geographical principles to the real world. That's what it's about. <laughs> and don't panic, don't panic. you know if you've got a resource there that you've never ever seen the like of before, don't panic. Just spend that, that moment or two really looking at it carefully, interrogating it, pulling out every single detail, okay and, and, and only then will you start to make connections with, with the theory that you've been covering in class
0: yeah definitely so yeah use your exam resources wisely Um, Mm. it's almost free marks if you can just calm Mm. yourself down and just look at it and be sensible about it isn't it
1: lucy there's one other point i wanted to make on that Um, uh, yeah it's just this what occasionally can sometimes happen is that you may even find a clue to answer question one in the resources for question three, for example, you know, sometimes there can be just a little trigger that can get you thinking. Oh, hang on, wait a minute, I could use that in my answer on question one. I hadn't thought of that, you know. So, so keep an open mind as you're as you're using the resources on the paper. Yeah. Please, please do that. Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, well, we're on to our fifth point now um, about how to be a successful A level geography student. And this is all about being a real-world geographer. So, tell me what that means to you, David.
1: Well, a real a real-world geographer um, is 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 very aware of all the links, all the connections. Okay. Um, the in examiner speak, uh, that's called synopticity, which is embedded in uh, in the assessment. Uh, uh, across all the all the um, a level exam boards for geography so what do, what do we mean by this it's it's about making links synoptic links between different topics in the in the geography specification you're studying i'm going to include a slide on that in my masterclass just to show you a technique for, for doing that but just being aware you know Are there any links between the carbon cycle and uh, and tectonic activity? The answer is yes. Okay, Um, And and, and geography is just a a fantastic subject. It's so fascinating, you know, all these links that, that, you know, um, that exist out there in the real world, you know. One set of factors causing another set of uh, processes, and and then those processes triggering something else, and so on and so forth.
0: It's all yeah. interrelated and interconnected, isn't it?
1: For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, if if you if you want a, a a recommendation, I I can I would really really recommend that you uh, have a look at the YouTube video "How Wolves Change Rivers."
0: How, say that again, David. How
1: wolves change rivers wolves wolves right wolves.
0: Okay. how wolves okay. change rivers well yeah. we'll get the link for that and put it in the
1: show notes it, it is absolutely amazing and if you want a, a reason for studying geography it's there I think <laughs> I really love that video okay so the, it's those connections between different aspects of the subject I'd also really really advise you all to Uh, Make connections with your personal experiences as well, okay? So many of you have travelled. You've probably travelled even more widely than I have, but um, some of you have, some of you haven't. But uh, you've all been to places. Always try and make those links, make those connections between what you're learning in class and places that are real to you.
0: Yeah, definitely. And even if you haven't travelled that much, just the city or the street, the neighbourhood that you live in, there's geography there for sure.
1: For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just um, about
0: looking out for it and noticing it. And indeed,
1: about it. indeed. Right. I, mean, I had a student, um, a, a, a one-to-one duty oh, some years ago, and um, she'd basically been told to learn all the case studies in the textbook, uh, which she was struggling with. Um, and some of them were good, some of them not so good. What we, what we actually did over the two years that I worked with her is we, we, um, we created quite a bit of case study uh, uh, material from her experiences, from her local area and from her travels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that were just so much more relevant and interesting.
0: And she could write about them with some kind of authority as well. Having- Indeed. And
1: can I, can I just offer a little perspective from the examiner's point of view? You'll know what I'm talking about here, Lucy. It, it really can be quite dull for an examiner reading the same answers, the same sort of answers using the same uh, textbook case studies again and again and again. And then you get a, a candidate who's written an answer which is clearly based on their own experiences. And it's just so much more interesting, isn't it? Yes.
0: Yeah, so make an examiner's day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Make
1: an examiner's holiday. day for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't take that quite literally. Don't. Take, well, a day on a beach might be interesting if it's the right kind of day on the beach for an examiner. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, and I guess there's a there's a there's always a related question thinking about this that I've had over the years. Um, well, why don't we just make up a case study? Why don't I just make up a case study? You know. Well, the fact is that the examiners are all professional geographers. Yes. And if they if they're not sure about some information in a in an answer, they're interested enough to go and check. Yes. So please don't make up a case study.
0: No, don't fictional
1: case studies will not work.
0: Yeah, you can you can use your own experience, but not fi- not fictional places. The other thing I'd say about this that I found myself using case studies that I learned at GCSE in my degree (laughs) you know and absolutely you know not everybody's going to go on and do a geography degree but really geography is that flexible a subject that what you've learned at any stage can be applied at any stage so long as you're thinking at the right level for the stage that you're using it sure
1: yeah start you know use a GCSE case study work it up a little bit and apply it in the right way in an A-level answer and you, you you can do very well yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And and then my final point on sort of making the connections is uh, making connections with current events.
0: Yes.
1: You know, keep an eye on what what the uh, paper, what's in the papers and the TV news and the news feeds on the Internet. You know, make the links between uh, undertakings that are made at COP26 with your geographical knowledge on the carbon cycle and climate and so on. Um, I wonder if uh, any of you are keeping abreast of the uh, developments in on the island of La Palma in the Canaries, where the volcano Cumbre Vieja is currently erupting. What is the dispute? Uh, what what is the dispute that Poland's having with the EU? How is that? How how are the how are those issues related to issues of sovereignty? Yeah,
0: it's so all and
1: borders. Yeah, so it, it's all there, you know. You can open any quality newspaper and you can find geographical content there.
0: Almost every news story has some level of geographical content in it as For well. For sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So making connections, being, being, um, being a synoptic geographer is just vital and it just makes the subject really come alive.
0: It really does. It makes you realise that the life you are living is a geographical life, don't you? Like yeah. everything that you do, everywhere that you go, you know, even the choice, you know, like I do work from home and as you do as well, David, that is a geographical choice. It's a geographical Absolutely. issue, yeah, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah and all the food that you eat, the water that you drink, all of it's geography. So if you just start thinking about it, it makes the subject so much more exciting and more mm. rich, doesn't it? Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. so there well, we are uh, five things that um uh successful a-level geographers do
0: wonderful thank you david well I really hope that that has whetted people's appetites for the Masterclass on the 18th of November. Um, it's happening live on that date. And if people want to aren't able to make it, then it will be in the Extraordinary Club in perpetuity. So thank you so much, David, for coming and sharing your geographical expertise with the listeners today. And we really look forward to seeing you on the 18th of November.
1: Looking forward to it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: David shared some really, really useful tips on it during our conversation there. And I hope you can tell as well that me, having been a geography teacher, I'm very passionate about it all. And with both of us on the How to Revise A-Level Geography Masterclass, you are bound to learn useful ways of approaching this fascinating subject, which can also at times be overwhelming because of the quantity of content that you have to learn. So hopefully we'll see you there on the 18th of November 2021 and if you're listening to this in the future then um, the masterclass will be inside the Extraordinaries Club for you to watch in perpetuity. So if you want to find out more and join the Extraordinaries Club just go to theextraordinariesclub.com. Thank you so much for listening, have a wonderful day and goodbye.